0: Hey, it's Alan, and I just wanted to let you know that you can now listen to the ongoing history of new music early and ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. The universe is a weird, random place that has very little regard for what us puny humans think. This is something we find very, very hard to accept. We're always looking for explanations for the weird and random and sometimes inexplicably evil things that befall us. Occam's razor, this idea that the simplest explanation for something is usually the correct one, just doesn't cut it for some people. They believe that there is something nefarious afoot. For example, I know someone who is all in when it comes to all this QAnon rubbish. Quick explanation here. A government insider known as Q drops these breadcrumbs, and those who believe in Q understand that Donald Trump Is leading a secret global fight against a cabal of Satan worshiping politicians and celebrities and journalists who are engaged in everything from child sex trafficking to cannibalism. Now, everything about QAnon is bat guano crazy. I do not trust the plan. And it has nothing to do with reality. Yet there are people who believe that Barack Obama, George Soros, and Tom Hanks will soon be arrested. Well, inevitably be arrested. Well, someday arrested and then jailed for their hideous crimes. This is more nutty than even the most out-there JFK was assassinated, or 9-11 was an inside government job theories, or the idea that the moon landing was faked, Stanley Kubrick did it on a soundstage someplace, or that Sandy Hook was a false flag event, or that Bill Gates is big on vaccinations because he wants to inject miniature tracking chips into all of us. For some reason. What else is out there? Okay, we got uh, chemtrails, we got the truth about the Denver airport, oh, that's a good one. The UFO covered up, it's an oldie but a goodie. The evils of fluoridation, flat earthers, weather control machines, the Illuminati, Freemasonry. Okay, how about music? Are there any conspiracies in music that have taken root? Well, the answer is yes, plenty of them. And here's another look down that rat hole of insanity. This is the ongoing history of new music podcast with Alan Cross. More details just arrived. Mrs. Kennedy jumped up. She called. That's maybe the best song produced about the JFK assassination conspiracy. It's a 1987 recording by Steinsky and Mass Media called And the Motorcade Sped On. It was given away with an issue of The NME in February 1987. The Steinsky is Steven Stein, a hip hop producer. The stuff he did with his partner Doug Double D DeFranco ended up being very influential on sample loving DJs and turntablists. And that was one of their projects. Hello again, I'm Alan Cross, and we're once again going to dive into the murky world of conspiracies in music. Urban legends, theories, that somehow seek to explain the random, the unexplainable, and the myriad of coincidences that we encounter in our lives. The internet makes it very easy for these musical conspiracies to germinate and then spread. But they've actually been with us for decades and decades. For example, there's the story about blues legend Robert Johnson... In the 1930s, he tried to get in with a bunch of great guitarists, but was repeatedly told to go away because he just wasn't good enough. So he took their advice. He went away. But when he came back just months later, he was a master doing things that no one else had ever thought of doing with a guitar. This was impossible, of course. So the story became that Robert Johnson met at a crossroads in rural Mississippi Where he sold his soul to the devil in exchange for guitar virtuosity. People still visit that intersection. It's at Highways 49 and 61 near Clarksdale, Mississippi. Paul McCartney was the subject of a weird, multi layered story that had him dying in a car accident in November 1966 and then replaced by a Canadian lookalike. Everything from Sgt. Pepper featured this imposter. Jimi Hendrix did not die in 1970, he was actually murdered. Jim Morrison faked his own death in Paris. Same with Elvis. In fact, the FBI is said to have a 663-page report on the subject. And John Lennon, bet you didn't know this, was actually killed by Stephen King. Yes, that's Stephen King. I remember hearing about a weird sound in a 1975 song by the Ohio Players called Love Roller Coaster," And if you listen closely between 2 minutes and 32 seconds and two minutes and 36 seconds on the song, you will hear this. Okay, let's hear that again. All right, so what is that? What's, what's going on? It kind of sounds like a scream. Uh, let's listen one more time. In the pre-internet days, back when we couldn't just look something up online, We had to rely on word of mouth and legend and rumor. And back in 1975, the story was that this was the sound of a woman being murdered live in the studio and then looped into the mix. Another version of the story says that the woman was killed ahead of the sessions just for the song. Or maybe it was a recording of a girl who fell off a roller coaster and died. Or it was a woman named Esther Cordett. She posed for the album artwork covered in honey, which is true. And what we hear is her being scalded by the heated honey she was posing with. Or somebody killed a rabbit outside the studio as the song was being recorded. Honestly, that was another explanation. The truth is that singer Billy Beck did this weird inhaling scream. And some radio DJ, we don't know who, made the crack about it sounding like someone dying. And the rumor took off. And because the rumor helped sell more records, the Ohio players never really denied anything. So, no denial? Well, then it must be true. There's the smoking gun. In 1986, the Red Hot Chili Peppers recorded the song for the soundtrack of the Beavis and Butthead movie. No people were harmed or killed in the making of this record. I mean, if there was, we would have heard about it by now, Right? Right? The Chili Peppers with their version of Love Roller Coaster, a 1975 hit from the Ohio Players, which was at the center of an urban myth involving a dead woman. Let's try something a little more contemporary. We all know that Dave Grohl broke his leg when he tripped and fell off the stage in Gothenburg, Sweden in June of 2015. The Foo Fighters were into their second song when… Just listen for the guitar clang. The band vamps on for a while, and then they realize that the boss is hurt, and hurt bad. I think I just broke my leg. I think I really broke my leg. So look, you have my promise, right now, that the Foo Fighters, we gonna come back and finish the show. But right now, You got to do, you got to do shaming metal right now. You got to do it. Can you do it? Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you. Right now, I'm going to go to the hospital. I'm going to fix my leg. But then I'm going to come back and we're going to put Dave did return to the stadium and did finish the show with his leg all bandaged up. But after the gig, it was determined that the break was so bad that he needed to take time off and a bunch of shows were canceled. However, some people still don't buy it. They claim that this was all faked. Everything from the canceled shows to the x-rays that were made available to the public. Why? Why? Well, so the foos could come back triumphant, with Dave's famous throne and all the t-shirts commemorating the accident. The whole thing was nothing more than a ploy to sell more tickets. Uh, Nice try, given that the whole tour, including a massive Wembley Stadium show, for which I had tickets, by the way, was already sold out. Yet, some people refused to believe that Dave was actually hurt, and this whole thing was just a ruse. Seems like a lot of trouble to go through for something that wasn't really needed, doesn't it? Here's another live version of Monkey Wrench, and uh, nobody was hurt this time. One more, One more quick conspiracy theory about Dave Grohl. There are those who swear that Dave and party hard guy Andrew W.K. Are the same person? Okay, they kind of look alike, but that's the entire basis of the theory. Let's talk about Lord for a sec. When she appeared with her Pure Heroine album in 2013, people were absolutely astonished. How could someone who was just 16 have written something as brilliant and as mature as the song Royals? I mean, that's that's the kind of music that could only be written by an old soul. Okay, all right, so she, she might have been just 16, but there was no way that she could have written that song. No way. The people who believe in this theory point to some old interviews allegedly given by Lord, where she says she prefers to go by the name of Ella and that she's actually 45 years old. This theory was even picked up by the guys behind South Park, who launched a story arc that Lord was actually a 45-year-old geologist named Randy Marsh, father of Stan. That wrote the theme song to the new Hunger Games movie, Is You... Yeah, the record company messed it all up. It was supposed to go Hunger Games, yeah, 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 yeah Hunger Games. But they just do what they want with my songs. Wait, wait Lord sounds like a girl. Auto-tune. You want to see how I do it? I come up with all my best stuff in the bathroom at work. I use this program to import the recordings I make on my phone. Yeah, yeah, feeling good on a Wednesday. Sparkling thoughts. Gimme the hope to go on. <coughs> oh, oh What I need now is a little bit of shelter. Dad, Lord's music is actually really good. Thanks, but it gets even better when I add the drum loops. Yeah, yeah, feeling good on a with the computer Wednesday. I can actually quantize Popping, everything. Feeling good, feeling good. instruments. And, and yeah, then finally yeah, I use the yeah, auto tune. feeling good on a Oh, Giving me, me the hope to go. What I need is a little bit of shelter, Dan. Nice, uh, but but no. And we'll never be royal. Royal. It's a woman in our blood. That kind of looks just ain't for us. We crave a different kind of blood. Let me be your. Ruler. Don't remove that tinfoil hat just yet. More bat-poop-crazy musical conspiracy theories coming up. This program is another dive into the world of conspiracy theories. People love to come up with alternative facts for things that they see and hear, looking for ways to make sense of things that make no sense. However, there are times when a musical conspiracy theory is based on a sliver of fact. And that brings us to the allegation that Dave Gahn of Depeche Mode is actually a vampire. Here's how that came about. In the early 90s, Depeche Mode was in a very bad place, thanks to lots and lots and lots and lots of drugs and alcohol. Martin Gore ended up having seizures that were so bad that doctors thought he might have a brain tumor. Andy Fletcher devolved into a series of panic attacks that debilitated him. Keyboardist Alan Wilder quit because he just couldn't take anymore. But worst off of all was singer Dave Gaughan. He was completely strung out on heroin and coke. That's beyond dispute. That is true. And neither is this. Because Dave was so wasted and believed in his own rock god hype, he thought it would be really cool if he commissioned the construction of a coffin-shaped bed that the band could take on tour. And this coffin then became the vessel in which Dave had his pre-show nap. Okay, so this this wasted-looking rock star slept in a coffin. Okay, so, so, so what? Well, then a story appeared that he bit a journalist on the neck during a backstage encounter. That, combined with the rest of Dave's bizarre behavior, which, by the way, included painting the walls and ceilings and floors of his house black, gave rise to the theory that he was an actual vampire. Even though the public internet was still getting off the ground at the time, Pictures of a vampiric-looking Dave Gunn started making the rounds. People noticed the fangy incisors, too. Okay, good story, but Dave is not a member of the undead. I quote from an interview in 2001. I definitely could have been a vampire, in my own head. Even the bed I slept in in Los Angeles was in the shape of a coffin. A huge double bed, shaped like a coffin. My whole life was Spinal Tap at that time. Oh, uh, good to know. I guess. Moving on to our next conspiracy. Did David Bowie predict the rise of Kanye West way back in 1972? This requires some reverse engineering. One of the most famous album covers of the 1970s is what we see on the front of Bowie's Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars album. He's seen posing on Heddon Street in London, which is near Regent Street and not far from Oxford Circus. In recent years, people have jumped on a conspiracy theory that says that this picture was taken in 1972 to predict the rise of Kanye West. Now, follow me on this. The Ziggy album contains the song Five Years, which predicts the rise of a star man who will save us from doom. The album was released on June 16th, 1972, and almost five years later to the day, June 8th, 1977, Kanye was born. Okay, It's not exact, but, you know, close enough. That does seem a bit tenuous. But if we go back to the album cover, we see that Bowie is actually posing under a sign that says, Gasp, K. West. So there's your proof. Uh, forget that K. West was a store that sold furs doesn't matter. But if you sound out the K West, you also get Quest. So this shows that Bowie was on a quest that, if we connect all the dots, means he was foretelling the ascendance of Yeezy. The conspiracy goes even further as Bowie's last album confirms his anointment of Kanye as uh, something. What's the title of that last album? It's Black Star. And what is Kanye? A Black Star. And those who have poured over the album say that it's loaded with all kinds of coded messages. There's the line that goes, I'm a black star, not a gangster. Oh, that, that's, that's Kanye. He's obviously referring to Kanye. Now, it is true that Bowie was a documented visionary when it came to predicting the rise of things like digital music and social media and uh, gender fluidity. So why couldn't he predict the rise of Kanye. Oh, and there's more. That sign, that K West sign, was purchased some time ago by an anonymous collector with, it is said, music industry connections. When Bowie died in 2016, Kanye was among the first to post a tribute to him on Twitter, and stories have circulated that Kanye was planning a Bowie tribute album. I'm gonna leave it to you to sort this one out, although it really shouldn't take more than three seconds. David Bowie, allegedly predicting the birth of Kanye West back in 1972, five years before it actually happened. A couple more rock conspiracies still to come. Don't go anywhere. There have been many conspiracy theories surrounding Kurt Cobain, most of which have had to do with his death, which some people believe was a murder. Now, let me stop you right there. We've covered those stories on this program before, so we're not going to rehash that old ground. But we will talk about a few Kurt is not dead theories. The first is that Kurt and Rivers Cuomo of Weezer are actually the same person. This idea first took root on Reddit and has metastasized into something that eats at the fringes of Kurt's story. It's pretty loopy. It goes like this. Theorists point to Weezer playing gigs of nothing but obscure Nirvana covers. This is true. Well, at least for one gig. In November 1998, Weezer played a secret show in Hollywood under the name Goat Punishment, during which they played Swap Meat, which is deep on Nirvana's Bleach album, and Aneurysm, which you'll find is the B-side of Smells Like Teen Spirit. In fact, they played six Nirvana songs that night. But then there was a second goat punishment show a few days later when they played nothing but Oasis covers. Okay, And there were several other goat punishment shows, but I can't find any evidence that there were any others featuring nothing but Nirvana songs, so we can throw that theory out. It did not, however, stop rumors from sprouting that Rivers was in rehearsal with Nirvana for a reunion, a full Nirvana reunion with Kurt, I guess, at Coachella sometime around 2000. Nirvana and Weezer share a biographer. Okay, that that is true. But John D. Lurison has also written books about the Smiths, Bruce Springsteen, and U2. Uh, It's true that they were signed to the same label, but so? It's true that Weezer once toured with the Foo Fighters. Okay, again, so what? And finally, there's this. There never has been any recording studio bookings or tour dates that conflicted with either band. So if Nirvana was on the road, Weezer was in the studio. If Weezer was in the studio, then Nirvana was on the road, which proves I'm I'm not really sure what that proves. Now, I do happen to have a recording of Weezer covering Nirvana. This is from that Goat Punishment show in November of 1998. So, let's uh, have a listen. Weezer performing Nirvana's breed under the name Goat Punishment from November 1998. The existence of that recording is enough to convince some people that Rivers Cuomo and Kurt Cobain are actually the same person. Ergo, Kurt is not dead. The other Kurt is still alive story comes from Peru. Someone noticed that a singer named Romeo Saavedra looks a lot like Kurt. And when he performed Come As You Are on a local TV station, footage went viral. And the story that went along with the video was like, Kurt is hiding out in South America. He lives. Well, nice try, but Saavedra plays his guitar right-handed, and Kurt uh, was was a lefty. If Kurt is alive, he could be hanging out with Tupac. Some conspiracy theorists believe he faked his own death and is now living in Cuba under the name Casanova the Dawn. Now let's move to Tom DeLonge of Blink-182. He is completely devoted to discovering the truth behind UFOs, and that's one of the reasons he quit the band, to focus on this project as much as he can. He founded the To The Stars Academy, which is a pretty serious organization stocked with scientists, engineers, and military types who all want to believe. Tom and his To The Stars people had a multi-part series on unidentified aerial phenomenon on the History Channel, which was actually pretty good. Tom has co-written some non-fiction books on the subject, and those books were accompanied by some sci-fi novels about the vast alien cover-up. Again, I've read them all, and they're all pretty good. He's spoken with the U.S. government about his investigations. He claims that an alien life form has already been discovered, but is being kept secret. And remember those New York Times stories about U.S. jet fighters chasing those tic-tac-shaped objects off the coast of California? Tom's been all over that, too. And then there's this. Tom claims to have endured some lost time, periods he cannot remember and cannot account for. This happened while he was researching, wait for it, Area 51. He was camping out near Groom Lake in Nevada when he had some kind of encounter. Next thing he knows, three hours had gone by, and he has no idea what happened during those three hours. And he is sure that the CIA, or someone, once tapped his phone to find out what he knows. Maybe it's about zero-point energy, which is something that figures prominently in unidentified aerial phenomenon investigations. What else can we say about Tom? Uh, He thinks that we'll find fossilized remains on Mars, quite possibly of ancient alien civilizations. And yes, he does believe that man landed on the moon. Anything to the contrary, like I said, Stanley Kubrick faked it on a soundstage someplace, has been leaked to distract us from the real thing, which is, we found something on the moon and we just can't let humanity know about it. We must keep it secret. In short, Tom says, aliens exist. In fact, he wrote a song with that title for Blink's Enema of the State album. I am still a skeptic, yes, you know me. Been best friends will be till we die. Before we leave Tom DeLong and that song from Blink-182, I hope he caught that last line. In UFO lore and legend and myth... There's a group known as the Majestic 12, which is a group of scientists and military types who know what's happening with UFOs. Tom claims that members of the modern-day Majestic 12 have been in touch with him. One more. And this conspiracy has to do with the death of Pete Wentz, a fallout boy. So, yes, he's he's dead, allegedly. The story is that the Illuminati—well, you didn't think that we would get through this whole show without mentioning them, did you— the Illuminati is engaged in a long-running plot where they abduct celebrities and kill them as part of satanic sacrifices. Sounds a lot like QAnon, doesn't it? To cover up the crimes, they are replaced by man-made humans who then go about their business as if nothing has happened. This is what happened to Pete Wentz sometime in 2009 or 2010. The proof is that, and this is a quote from one theorist, overnight, he was no longer cute. The bangs and the eyeliner are gone. Um, And and that's proof that the Illuminati got him. Well, Pete didn't help either. On August 1st, 2016, he retweeted a message that said, Pete died in 2010. He was cloned and replaced with an imposter. His comment was, try not to die in a ritual blood killing and get cloned today. (laughs) Oh, and I'm not done. Turns out that all of the members of Fallout Boy are dead. Pete was just the last one to go. And, oh, did I mention that bandmate Patrick Stump was actually born a woman? And that's the latest roundup of rock and roll conspiracy theories, although we're still just scratching the surface. If you're not paranoid enough, feel free to look up how the CIA killed Bob Marley, Jay-Z and Beyoncé's role in the Illuminati, how Michael Jackson is still alive and living under the name Dave Dave, how Justin Bieber is actually part of a race of lizard people, and that Stevie Wonder isn't actually blind. Oh, and did you know that Katy Perry is actually an all-grown-up John Bonet Ramsey? Or that Avril Lavigne was replaced by a clone? Oh, and there's more. And all these stories are just a Google search away. If you do have any other conspiracy theories that need to be exposed, debunked, or spread, (laughs) why not? Please get in touch with me through alan at allancross.ca. All tips will be kept completely confidential, of course, unless they get to me first. Meanwhile, you can search the ongoing history archives for other programs on conspiracies and music. There are a couple. And these programs are waiting for you at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. If you need a daily dose of music news and information, check out my website, which is a ajournalofmusicalthings.com. I update it every day, and it comes with a free newsletter, too. And there's always Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook as well. Thanks for listening, and uh, try not to let any of the information on this show freak you out too much. And, oh my God, they, I gotta go. They, they, there's somebody, somebody, somebody at the door. Uh, technical Productions by Rob Johnson. I'm Ellen Cross. Look out!